May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our reading is from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks be to God.
During this uh, epiphany season, I'm going to be providing a, a sermon series on becoming our best. It strikes me that as we begin a new year, we are given the opportunity, um, thanks to the mystery of calendars, of feeling like we can turn over a new leaf and, and become something different or become something more or change patterns. And so in light of that and claiming the psychological thing that a new year is, I want to encourage us to think about a renewed effort on our part to become the best that we can be. Now, I say this with a bit of a reservation because some of you are like me, your type A personalities, and you can drive yourself crazy with imperfection, and I'm not looking for that kind of stuff to go on. I'm looking for us to realistically think about who God would have us be, regardless of our age, what lies in front of us in God's uh, desire for us, and how might we help, with the Spirit's help, move ourselves into that place, into that person. So to give some credit, I, I want to cite a book called On Becoming the Best We Can by Robert Luckock, who was a, a BU professor. And I think I've shared with you that he married my mother's parents. His father married my mother's parents. And so as we discovered this in a discussion after class, there was a, a marvelous sense of Christian community and a bonding and I thank him for his influence upon me and this book that he wrote and gave to me. And also, I want to give some credit to Matthew Slaughter, who is one of our United Methodists, um, very faithful and successful pastors from Ohio, who has done a marvelous work for uh, the church and for God's kingdom. He has written a number of books. One is called Momentum for Life, and uh, I quote from that as I say, you cannot, get, you cannot get where you want to be in your faith, influence, relationships, vocation, or physical, emotional health if you are not moving forward. From priests to presidents, the landscape is littered with the corpses of talented people who failed to maintain the positive momentum of character development. All progress, all positive influence begins with self-leadership, a predetermined desire on ongoing commitment to build momentum for life. <clears throat> Becoming our best happens through intentionality. Now, some of you are hip to this and you go, yeah, exactly right. I get it. I know it. Um, employ that. I was surprised that I was not so intentional about my life. I was down in La Jolla at a book club. Uh, the men from the church gathered uh, for some wine, then turned into wine and dinner. We made a whole four-hour evening of it, where it was just supposed to be an hour and a half, and we would talk about a book per month. We'd read a book and then talk about it, and I forget what we were talking about, what book got us into this conversation, but they went around the room, and each of them bore witness to how they had been intentional to become who they were. The admiral, the head of the law firm, the head of the bank, blah, 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 blah. And it came around to me, and I was like, well, I, I just do my thing. 
You know, I, I pray to God, the church sends me here, sends me there, you know. All of a sudden, I felt like I had no agency at all in my life compared to these other guys, that they all were very intentional about reaching goals, which they felt was their calling with their life, with the skills that God had given them. Um, so I guess I felt a calling, but I didn't have that same kind of intentionality. And that got me to be thinking more about how in the faith community, it is helpful for us to be intentional about who we're trying to become. So we're going to spend some weeks talking about that. Here, um, as a beginning part um, through Epiphany, uh, Slaughter has uh, five um, things that he calls biblical practices that are a part of this process of living into who God would have you be and being healthy about it, being a whole person, being a person of integrity. Um, we're going to look at these five things throughout this month. And then when we get into Lent, we're going to be talking with a little more finer of a focus about what a disciple of Christ actually looks like. So I'm hoping that we have a, a bunch of months in front of us that are going to be exciting as we think about intentionally being a follower of Christ Jesus in this year, 2019, and asking God, well, is there... Anything more that I might evolve to become through your love and your goodness upon me? Is it all written? Is it a closed book now? Is it done? Or is there still yet a blossoming more for me in partnership with God in life? So the first thing is vision. Having a vision forward, a vision of where we are moving to is crucial for a satisfying and successful life. It's hard to get where we're going if we don't know where we're going. Slaughter writes that a vision is the directional purpose of a person's life as it is discerned and pursued it takes on and it provides a momentum of going forward in our life. It's out there. We're going after it. We're going towards it. It helps to move us forward, having this vision in front of us of where we are headed. Said in a different way, we tend to become our life picture. If our self-perception is one of failure, well, we get those kind of outcomes often. When we see ourselves as succeeding and attaining, we are more likely, more likely to live into that achievement. The whole field of sports psychology is based on this truth about perception. People can perceive, people can achieve what they perceive. And so before today's game, those football players are sitting back on something and they're envisioning what they are to do. And they keep running through their mind that imagery so to help their body muscle memory live out into that imagery. It happens in tennis, it happens in baseball. It's a big thing now, but it's something that's not just for sports. It's something that is for life. People can achieve what they perceive, or maybe I should say it in the inverse. You won't achieve 
what you can't perceive. All physical realities begin with a, a mental picture. Vision is about formulating, developing, and giving birth to that mental picture, to that vision of yourself. And the earlier we can do that in the life, the better we are for moving towards actuating that vision. So it's critical to have a vision in our lives, regardless of our age, because it sets a direction and we become purposeful then with ourselves rather than aimless with ourselves. With our goals in mind, we then garner and organize the resources around ourselves to help us attain our goal. So you might say, yeah, and that's why I'm coming to church, and that's why I pray, and that's why I do Bible study, because these are resources that I can harness to help me to achieve my goal of faithfulness, and you would be right in saying that. So a couple of examples, two dramatic ones and then two really regular folk ones. I've been reading about Nazi Germany, um, not because of a morbidity, but because of a, of a feeling of being perplexed as I've reached this age of life as a pastor as to how so many Christians could be complicit with what happened in Nazi Germany. It's haunted me, and so now instead of just being bothered by it, I'm reading about it. And of course, in, in the reading of that, you come across Dietrich Bonhoeffer, which maybe is a name most all of us know about. He was a, uh, a pastor in those years, and he clearly saw early on, that Hitler's vision of community and of what was right with treating people was not Jesus' vision of that. And instead of stepping back and saying, well, it's not my bone to pick, Bonhoeffer stepped forward and became part of the resistance. He was arrested, he was executed uh, by the Nazis. But he writes in reflecting upon his coming execution that he, he wasn't doing a grandstanding. He, he wasn't doing anything except following the lead of the Lord to be the kind of person he visioned Jesus wanted him to be. I'm just saving my soul with my Lord. Powerful words, huh? So there's a wife of a, of a clergy in La Chabonne, France, whose heart is breaking at this influx of refugees, of, of Jews fleeing for their lives out of Germany. And she's just touched by this. And so she decides that she's going to hide. She's going to harbor this woman. And word gets around town, and, and the town folk aren't so sure this is a good idea. That not, not a good idea for the, for the pastor's wife, but maybe not a good idea for our community because, you know, they're going to come hunting and looking. And, and what are we going to say? What are we going to do? Crisis, huh? Well, she had a vision for who she was supposed to be. She said, this is what I have to do. This is what Jesus is telling me to do. That community of 3,000 people saved 2,500 
Jewish refugees, sheltered them, hid them. Authorities came and checked, authorities came and checked, authorities came and checked. They pulled it off, 2,500 people. They had a vision of community, of life, of, of people in relationship with one another that was different than what was going down in that war. And they lived into their vision. Well, those are two dramatic cases, dramatic cases. In Ventura, when I was a pastor there, a guy lost his IT job. He was kind of at a loss what to do with his life. We actually went into prayer over it, and we, we talked about what his skill sets were and, and where there was joy. And all of a sudden, he started to envision that, you know, I think I'll be a math teacher. And I'm like, what? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be, I can see that. I can see that being really good for me, using what God has given me and doing some good for people. Joy, joy, joy in this guy's life now. Um, so happy, living out this vision. He put his resources, he worked after to get it, but he's done it. One of the, uh, the wives of an older uh, young adult couple down in La Jolla, she was really kind of bummed out about her life. She was feeling ill. She was feeling like, well, she was just riding along as a spouse rather than being a, a participant, an active agent herself in life. And... Uh, so she reinvented herself. Not a big dramatic thing like Bonhoeffer or Temek, but she decided that she had gifts of motivating people. She had understandings of health and exercise and things like that. She created a company, uh, I forget the name, Living Life Better or something or other, and she's a life coach for people. And she's loving it. She's, well, she's healthy. She's happy, and she feels like she's making a contribution in people's lives. She had a new vision of who she could be, thinking about of the talents and the passions that God had put inside of her. Whatever our vision is in life, the key is to realize it, to discern it, to claim it, to pursue it, and in the doing of that will come our sense of well-being. Now, as people of faith, we add something else to this. We lay on top of this what comes from our faith, which is that in the mix of our thinking about where we're going is God, is the Holy Spirit, and that Jesus is out there as a role model for us, and so we are intentional about becoming something of faith. It's important to see and develop the picture God has given you. You can't live out somebody else's picture. You're not going to be like me. You're not going to be like either one of the others as you look around the room here. You're going to be like yourself. God has made you uniquely who you are with gifts and graces and passions. And it's that stuff that God is asking you to rev up, to move you forward, to become whom God would have you be. So as people of faith, we feel that God has birthed us. We feel that God has gifted us. Our calling as people of faith is to follow Christ Jesus back into a loving relationship with God and to love our neighbor as ourself. Our vision is is our particular unique way of doing that. And Steve's 
is going to be different than Connie's. But they're both not going to get to where God wants them to be if they're not looking forward into God's blessed hand saying, come to me, come to me. And sensing what that means and how to do it. Now, following Jesus is hard. I recognize that it is hard. We, we find ourselves, if not daily, certainly weekly in circumstances where um, we're tested as to whether we're going to be people of faith and mercy and justice and forgiveness or whether we're going to be judging and putting down and alienating and excluding. We're given those opportunities too often. We know that it's not easy, but we also know and this is the blessing of faith that the Spirit walks with us in our efforts to discern and to do what God would have us do. The Spirit helps us to develop a daily discipline. You're coming to worship weekly is not paying your dues to God. You're coming to church weekly is because you're honoring God. You want to honor God. You want to get your head straight. Creator, creature, I honor you. You don't do my bidding. I do yours. I'm here to live into that, to feel that. Bible study, prayer, all of these things are, are weekly or daily disciplines that help us to envision. When you wake up in the morning, don't you pray? Do you pray in the morning? And is not part of your prayer, Lord, show me what I need to do today. Help me to see the path you have before me today. That should be part of our prayers. We should be that intimate with God that we're expecting God to be that connected with us in our daily lives. The Spirit helps us to see that vision, to discern it, to make sense of it, and then to figure out how do I get there? How do I become that kind of person? What are the things I can do? What should I be saying? How do I embrace this as a reality? What's strategic in the business world language? What strategic things can I do to advance my goal? As a person of faith, how can I just not be aimlessly wandering, enjoying, Assuming, how can I be intentionally growing in the Spirit to be more fully connected to God and more fully in service to my neighbor? The world is hungering for people like that. We are people like that. We're going to strap up our bootstraps a little bit this couple months thinking about how can we become more of what God wants us to be, however that plays out in our own lives. It's a new year, so we start fresh. We start recommitted. I pray that you would take some time today, uh, maybe after the concert, maybe during the concert. You'll be led into some meditative moments or later this week to go back to base one with God and say, all right, What's the deal? Here I am. I'm yours. What's ahead? What do you want from me? 
now that I've reached 30, now that I've reached 60, now that I've reached wherever I've reached, what lies ahead? How can I still walk with you so that you walk with me? Amen.